0: It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert.
1: So, how many of you would say
2: you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son.
3: You play to win the game.
0: Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil.
2: Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome in to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I'm J.C. Sherbert. He's Phil Mullinax. It is a Monday. That means we have Keith Allsep coming up to review uh, the game from Thursday night. Hope you all had a good weekend. I know I did. Chance to take uh, the Friday off and uh, enjoy football from a non-Gamecock perspective uh, this weekend. Phil, it, it seems like some people are upset out there in Gamecock land <laughs> that uh, maybe some other teams played well on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: We're miserable Uh, in everyone else's uh,
2: joy. The the, the transitive properties in full effect. I mean, people, uh, uh, the great escape Georgia had against Missouri uh, certainly was an eye-opener, I think. But I I, I know this. Every game is different. So, you know, I don't know what it was about Georgia going out there. Uh, That's a place where they've kind of struggled at times through the years. Um, It surprised me because Missouri, I don't think, has played very well this season uh, at all and was coming off that tough loss to Auburn. Uh, But the dogs found a way to pull it out and and win the game. Uh, Missouri's defense, I thought, played really, really well uh, on Saturday. Uh, I think that was a point of contention. I think watching uh, Kentucky give the game away to Ole Miss, uh, they should have had it. I mean, they were down and came back and you know, man, you look at some of their perimeter players uh, like Barry and Brown, Dane Key, uh, those freshmen. I think those are guys you're going to be hearing about uh, for a long time in Lexington. Chris Rodriguez is back. Uh, but uh, I'll say this about Kentucky just off the top of my head, and then we'll talk a little bit about SC State, Phil. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, I, I didn't come up with this by myself. Uh, Rod, uh, Josh Pate came up with this. He called Kentucky uh, a couple of years ago a spider web team. Uh what they do, you, you look at their box scores. It's never all that impressive. They, they're never up, you know, five hundred yards of offense or anything like that. They do hold the ball. <clears throat> um, they usually have a couple of turnovers. Uh, statistically, they they don't always win that, you know, the stats. But what they do is they get you into their web of play, and, and you end up having to play their game, uh, and they can beat you like a spider. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> they they, they uh, so they they wrap themselves around. Uh, around you and, and smother you to death almost. It's kind of a, it's a weird thing, um, but they do have some playmakers. And I thought Ole Miss, once they got up and had to settle for some field goals in the red zone and then uh, kind of an ill-advised fourth down, uh, I mean, I, I guess you don't kick it in that situation. They would have only gone up six. Uh, but uh, And then fortunately they got the turnover at the end <laughs> that uh, saved, the, saved the day for them. Saving saving the day like Ghostbusters. Yeah. yeah,
1: their defense stepped up and just put a stop to it, and it was over. <laughs>
2: yeah, and then that was that. <laughs> okay. um, so, you know, thought that uh, you know, thought that they did look good. I think they look like a really good team. Uh, like I said, <clears throat> I think uh, my guys are right. Uh, they're not what they have been on the offensive line. They don't rush for bushels of yards, but they're very effective at it. Uh, and then Levis can get it out on the perimeter, and uh, it hurts you. A little bit. So, uh, not an easy task. Uh, today's poll question obviously uh, is related to the Kentucky game. Uh, will the Gamecocks cover the 11.5 point spread? So far, the no's have it <laughs> 68% yes or, or no, uh, 38% yes so far. So, uh, not a lot of great feelings uh, out there in Gamecock land today, Phil, as we head into Kentucky week.
1: Not even cautious op- optimism, you know? I mean, I think everybody's just, I don't know. There's there's a sense of down about the season already, which I, I'm not there. I mean, it's still a little, it's still early. You know, we just played, what, a quarter of it at this point? Yeah. Uh, but we got a big game coming up in Lexington. So, I mean, man, might as well stay positive until, you know, time
2: to not be positive <laughs> comes. It's not Saturday. I agree. And I uh, just wanted to say thanks to Curse Light for the I Help Consulting Mailbag sent me a, a big PBR sign. Uh, yeah. Is that the is that the new way?
3: Yeah, Indeed, it the, is. Yeah, that's the new. It way. is a yeah.
2: picture of the new way. I'm definitely saving this to my desktop. <laughs> All hail the new way bar and grill in, in Spartanburg, uh-huh. South Carolina. Um, you know, yeah, SC State game. I, I, I thought uh, again, it was a little bit of a slow start. Um, I guess I'm a little different in the sense that Phil, I, I, I sort of thought I didn't really have a, a big problem with the play calling or uh how the offense was run i think they basically kind of did sort of the same thing they did against uh against uh, uh charlotte it was just kind of it, it was a more balanced attack I, that's kind of what i was looking for out of the game uh mm-hmm. spencer rattler spread it around to a lot of different receivers i don't i don't think the interceptions were his fault uh, uh, or a bad play call either I, I don't think it was coaching or him i think it was just a both of those were kind of just unfortunate <laughs> Flukie, um, out on the ball. Yeah. yeah Xavier Leggett, uh has to do it you know I, I like the Juice Wells got seven receptions I do wish they'd get him out vertically a little more uh and I'm, I I'm still I'm in the Jaheim Bell needs the ball more fan club you know obviously but uh yeah. I think that uh you know it, it, to me it wasn't uh, it wasn't that big of a deal I mean I I thought you know 50 points on a Thursday night kind of a rushed week sloppy type uh, I expected a sloppy game I, you know, I don't think SC State played very well at all, you know, just right. to be honest. Right. Uh, I think they were, Buddy Pugh was a little upset. I don't want to say upset, but concerned after the game and rightfully so. Uh, and then on their offense, I think uh, SC State, just like Vanderbilt did last year, you know, heading into the Vandy game last year, they weren't prepared for Mike Wright. They were expecting the other kid. Um, and I think they were kind of expecting just to have to stop Corey Fields uh, for SC State, but they brought their backup in and ran zone read. Uh, that kid's fast and Carolina wasn't prepared Yeah, and yeah, he had can, 95 oh, yards. Ready. Yep. Yeah. He had 95 yards on that one. Now, Levis is a dual threat quarterback. I mean, people have to keep that in mind. He will run it on you. Uh, So you got to be careful Uh, and cer- certainly have all your eyes dotted and your T's crossed <laughs> heading into Lexington this weekend. But, you know, that was kind of the disappointing thing about, <clears throat> about Thursday night uh on defense is that that there was that element of surprise and, and the game kind of got caught with their pants down, but I, I totally understand. You know, you're not going to probably rep that a whole lot uh, in a short week. And, you know, he hadn't played a whole bunch uh, until the other night. And uh, it did seem to get SC State's offense going a little bit. And keep people got to keep in mind, too. Uh, in games like that, you, you, once you get up a certain amount, you're rotating guys in constantly. So you don't really know who, who was even on the field when some of those plays busted. Um, but, you know, South Carolina has to, They have to play better defensively and offensively. Uh, I think that's pretty much a given and put together a a, a four-quarter football game, uh, you know, or else it's going to be a long night uh, up in Lexington against the Wildcats. I also will say this. I don't think there's any reason why Carolina can't go up there and win. 11.5-point underdog, that's uh, kind of what I think what the spread was for the North Carolina and Auburn games last year. Uh, They both were, you know, in Charlotte and at home. But, uh, you know, Carolina's one of these situations before. Uh, so I, I, I don't really I, – I think the idea is don't get caught in Kentucky's spider web Saturday night. Uh, go out there, play your game. Carolina needs to attack on the perimeter. Carolina needs to, uh, on offense, take the fight to, to Kentucky uh, a little bit. Now, there is some injury news out of Lexington. I think uh, KSR, uh, Kentucky Sports Radio, is reporting this or talked about it today. Uh, Jacques Jones. Who is their linebacker that transferred in from Ole Miss? Really good player. He's out. Uh, could be able to come back by the end of the year, but out for South Carolina. Uh, who somebody named Flax has a hamstring injury and is 50-50 to play Saturday. I don't know who that is. <laughs> and then Calassier Smoke, 50-50 uh in concussion protocol. Um, you know, Jones is is part of a, a linebacker group that's really good. I mean, there's not going to be a guy they put on the field that's his at his level. Um, you know, so that could maybe help make their defense less good (laughs) Saturday night. um, uh, That's the strength of that defense too, is their linebackers. And then their offensive line is is a work in progress. And then, you know, we all know who Smoke is. He's been up there for like 28 years. Uh, I think he's uh, uh, probably older than Brad Johnson and Sherrod Green (laughs) for the Gamecocks. Uh, But he's there still. And, uh, you know, if, if they hadn't gotten Rodriguez back when they did, the smoke injury would be very significant because they don't really have another back uh, right. like Smoke and Rodriguez. So, uh, and I, I didn't think Smoke played great against Ole Miss. I thought Rodriguez was really a big difference in that one, uh, even though his his stats just weren't weren't great, you know. But Ole Miss has a pretty good run defense. You know, South Carolina needs to go up there and, and stop the run and pressure Will Levis and uh, you know make him uncomfortable and, and, and just like on offense, take the fight to them. Right.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and he and he was still effective, even though it just you could tell it was his first game back.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. He's gonna be ready to go Saturday night. All right. Nana's porch chat boxers. They're all already there and uh, getting fired up, getting all lathered up, getting ready for that Keith allsep segment coming up at noon. Um, Lance says in early. How we doing? How we doing, player? That's Lance, play. player. Uh, I think i was just gonna call him player from now on. That, that could be his. All right, what's up, player? Uh, play. Doc uh, Doc said, "Good morning from Western North Carolina. What a weekend of football! <clears throat> having our game over with made enjoying Saturday at home much easier. Yeah, you don't get the stress. I mean, there's yep. no there's no stress. At the same time, you know, uh, I do kind of miss Saturdays. You know, the the anticipation of a night kickoff on a Saturday. Uh, right. But we but it would have kicked off at noon, so they would have been over quickly anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, good morning. I hope I don't get blocked like Brad."
1: <laughs> did you see that over the weekend uh, Brad Ca- Crawford showed a screenshot of uh, Marcus Satterfield having blocked him on Twitter
2: <laughs> he's like I don't he, know when it happened but it did, did. <laughs> do we think that it's do we think that's actually Marcus Satterfield doing that or well he had the check mark so I mean it, yeah it like I mean, yeah, yeah it. that's his account I just oh oh I, I, oh, I say who's he, running the yeah he doesn't tweet that much so no. uh-uh. uh I thought, yeah, I did notice he got blocked. I think Keith got blocked by Marcus Satterfield as well. Uh, I don't think I'm blocked, not not right now. I but I had a, twi- I haven't enough. put any criticism on Twitter though. I mean, I, I've been trying not to do that this year. I think I said one thing about the D line during the Charlotte game that, that there's really no excuse, <laughs> and uh, and they played better, so that was it. But yeah, uh, inter-
1: Jimmy Lindsay then.
2: <laughs> interesting times, you know. Interesting times when the OC is blocking media members on Twitter. That's uh, interesting. (laughs) I just, uh, I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, Doc laughs. Daniel says, good morning, fellas. Good morning, Daniel. Craig says, I'm already having Chris Rodriguez flop sweats. Yeah. Yeah. Carolina has not been that successful stopping him, but Hey, there's a first time for everything. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's the thing, you know, you got to realize like, look, okay, Kentucky, You can watch Kentucky this year and watch Carolina this year through five games each and go, man, this is the same story. It's setting up for the same storyline. You know, it's going to be a frustrating game where you walk away and, you know, Carolina loses and you go, man, they have their chances to win. And uh, it's just been nine years of frustration against this group. Even the game Carolina won in 2019 Kentucky just absolutely did not have a quarterback. They hadn't figured out yet to put their receiver at quarterback, which they did, and ended up winning eight games and the belt and the whatever the bowl in Charlotte was called then. I think it was Belk Then they beat Virginia Tech, so right, yeah. uh, Carolina avoided that one. <laughs> uh, that that bunch of torture, but um, yeah, it's a it's an it's an interesting group uh, for sure uh, this year at, at, at Kentucky and. Um, uh, but the thing is, you, you, you got to understand, every every team's different. Every year's different. Every game is different. Uh, I don't think probably Missouri's fans weren't giving them much of a shot against Georgia, you know, based on their body of work, and look at what happened. Um, you know, Kansas State lost to Tulane a couple of weeks back. I think I think we're starting to realize that the Wildcats are a pretty dang good football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole state of Kansas is pretty dang good, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, they both are, uh, are doing pretty- quite well. Game day is going to Kansas. <laughs> yeah, going to KU, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk. So, yeah, I mean, you got TCU blowing out Oklahoma. Nobody saw that coming. Uh, you know, I, I think that certainly, you know, if you're a Gamecock fan, uh, Clemson coming back and beating NC State was probably not something that you relished. But I, and I have to say that one didn't surprise me. At home, at night, uh, it's, it's NC State, which is – you know, until last year had kind of a, a rough go of it against Clemson. You know, the matchups were there. I thought Clemson played their best football game and, you know, and if you look at that team compared to a couple of weeks ago, you know, Clemson's gotten better and and that's what football teams, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I think South Carolina, the last two weeks has gotten better. And I'll say this, I completely understand the, uh, the level of competition. There's no doubt. I'm not giving anybody any uh, awards or saying the Gamecocks have arrived because they won those two games. Uh, but I've said it before, you know, fans and analysts and, and, and those of us that talk about it all the time, and want to analyze it all the time. We look at things a lot differently than the players. You know, the players, you know, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You're, you're out there playing football and you want to do the best you can. And I think anytime you have good things happen during a football game, there's some carryover there, you know. Uh, and they're not looking at it like, oh, we just played SC State, and you know, fifty to ten is not good enough. <laughs> uh, you know that kind of thing. Oh, well, the offense didn't go off to a good start. They're sitting there going, man, I, I had another touchdown run, or man, I got another interception. You know, mm-hmm. and man, things are really starting to come along. So, you know, I think what you got to do is build on that. You know, there is all kinds of recent trends that, that tell you South Carolina doesn't have a shot uh, in this game. Uh, you know, uh, run defense for Carolina has been abysmal at times it's on the road, you know, Carolina struggled there quite a bit, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and, uh, so that's, uh, you know, I, I get it. I, I get the, there the every reason in the world to say, Oh, Carolina's got no shot here. Uh, but, uh, I will say this, I, uh, you know, not trying to sunshine pump or anything, but I, I, I think this matchup is a little bit better the people think if the Gamecocks will just go out there and play their best. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I just uh, just one of those things. Rob says, morning, JC, Phil and viewers. Unlike what I've seen from a lot of Gamecock fans, I'm extremely hopeful for this weekend at Lexington. There's a chance. I mean, look, man, South Carolina's got to go. And their playmakers have to make plays. Right. Yeah, and their right. leaders have to step up. And they, and there's all the, the physical nature of, you know, Kentucky is going to. I mean, they might, may not be as talented in the trenches but they're still a a very physical football team. They're going to line up and play some smash mouth, try to run it all over you. You got to be more physical. Uh, Hunter says defense is going to be as healthy as it can be going into Saturday. How does everyone feel about the UK game? Mm -hmm. I feel pretty decent. I mean, I, you know, I can't say it'd be dumb of me to sit here and say, I expect Carolina to go up and win, you know, that game. But uh, I feel like it's doable. You know, I, I'm, and I'm not trying to kill. I thought Kentucky. Kentucky actually surprised me, Phil, with how they stayed with Ole Miss.
1: Yeah, they did. I mean, it, it, it worked out well for them. I mean, Ole Miss is a great, you know, rushing football team, and everybody kind of thinks that they're throwing the ball all over the yard, but they got one heck of a damn running back, don't they?
2: That freshman, <laughs> freshman, the fr- freshman's good. I mean, I mean, he's like you know because Zach Evans is good, really good too. Mm-hmm. And so Zach comes in, and then uh, so you can't, you kind of think, well, they got, they got Zach. They got Zach Evans, but, uh, that's, um, he's only part of the duo there, right? <laughs> this mm-hmm. other guy, uh, is really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, I, I, you're right about Ole Miss. That, that's one of the things I like about the browse, uh, the, the browse tree system. Uh, and I talk about that a lot because those systems enable you to run the ball with your strength is at running back, heck, you can line up and run it. You know, if your yep. strengths at quarterback and receivers, like it has been, uh, for Ole Miss, you could. Line up and chuck it all over the yard. It's it's just one of those things. Quinshawn Judkins from Pike Road, Alabama. Judkins, yeah, Judkins, mm-hmm. uh, three star guy from Pike Road, Alabama. So there's uh, yet another example of why to recruit three star guys from the state of Alabama because that state, Alabama and Auburn can't take them all, and they, they've got really good football players uh, in that state. But yeah, Quinshawn Judkins. Uh, that guy's is really really good. <laughs> uh, so so a nice surprise for Lane Kiffin there, um, and all that. So that's uh, that was that there. Uh, Quesi says Satterfield's lighting up the scoreboard, 106 points. The last two games give him a raise. Uh, you know, I don't Contract
1: know. extension.
2: <laughs> Doc says fans. LOL. Brian says muck, and I can't stress this enough. Fart stoops. It's yeah. officially mm-hmm. Kentucky hate week. Uh, Craig says Kentucky's best run was the pitch play to Rodriguez. you got to set the edge and push him back inside. I see him going for at least 150 yards. Yeah, that's, that's a problem right now. So, you're looking at Jordan Burch and uh, Gilbert Edmond. got to set that edge, get off blocks. Uh, you have to tackle well out there. Cornerbacks, safeties have to come up and fill, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, got to get um, off blocks. And, and if he does get on the outside, which, you know, he's going dull. to. I mean, there's going to be plays where he does, you know.
2: Don't get blocked. Alex (laughs) says Kentucky's the waffle house of college football. Not pretty, but consistent and versatile. And (laughs) And we'll whoop you, (laughs) you'll whoop your butt. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Xavier's listening from Twist, Washington today, worried about slow starts this week. Yeah, that's a concern until it's not. I mean, on the road, especially because you you know, Kentucky's gonna have a pretty big crowd. They're excited about football up there. They, they've actually got really good football fans. Uh, people think, oh, it's just, it's not like North Carolina where, you know, sometimes they just don't show up for uh, football games because it's basketball season or whatever. Kentucky gets, you know, even when they're not good, they'll get 50,000, 60,000 in there uh, mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. Thomas says, Hey guys, love the show. What are the odds that Satterfield outsmarts Kentucky's defense? LOL. I, mean, I don't know.
1: I'm not smarting them at this point. You just need to execute and, and you know, yeah. and do your best and, and you get a chance. Like you said, JC, it was like uh, the play calling wasn't really that concerning over the past couple of weeks. The, my biggest concern is like just personnel utilization. And, yeah, uh, we well, got that's this been a problem. In and that package in and it was like, why, why do we keep taking our biggest playmakers off the field just to run a different package of people out there? <laughs> Mm-hmm. it's not well, defense you don't need to rotate through them you can keep your skill players out there
2: more than that i 40 i think i think that's uh, unofficially it was 44 snaps for nate adkins 14 for J- Jaheim Bell, Saturday I, I, thursday I, I, so I, I don't know you know <laughs> no carton watch for Jaheim Bell still this week um yeah and, and i'm with you i i you know I, personnel usage has been something that's kind of like baffled me for a while mm-hmm. um this year, in game play calling wise, I, I thought Thursday was probably the best. Uh, and, and look again, just because you got a good play call back, play call on, doesn't mean it works, right? You know, like in, incomplete passes, things like that, sometimes it doesn't. But I, I thought they, they tried to be a little more balanced. Um, you know, they didn't run that many plays. Shane Beamer was right. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they only ran like 50 something plays. and. You know, Lloyd got another, uh, what, eight yards per carry kind of night for him. They couldn't stop him, and weirdly, they put him back in to score a touchdown late. I thought that was kind of a little bit weird.
1: Yeah, I was yelling (laughs) at the TV at that point. I'm like, let it sit him down. (laughs) (laughs) down. down.
2: (laughs) He needs to
1: to rest. Yeah. And then there was that one series where Luke was in. I think it was his first one, and then they – that was the one where the play calling kind of – it made what off the rails because I was oh, like, yeah, yeah with that, that third down, and then you know fourth and nine, you throw a perimeter pass that hadn't really been working all night. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, when, when Luke when Luke Doty got in, it was a little bit of a weird situation for sure. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that was one of those. I was like, what the hell did we just watch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Carolina Titan says we looked horrible versus Georgia, and they struggled for two straight weeks. Makes you wonder if our coaching is just that bad, or is it the players? Uh, I think it's, it's matchups. I, you know, Georgia was a tough matchup. The game got out of hand early, you know, again, transitive property. I'm guilty of it as well. Right. <laughs> uh, just cause team A beat team B by this much does not mean that's a predictor of future outcomes. You can try the best. Uh, you can try your best. And obviously, you know, comparing scores is, uh, you know, uh, perfectly legit. I mean, I, like I said, mm-hmm. I, I do it too, but uh, yeah. You well, know, I think the it, biggest takeaway it, it, from it,
1: it, yeah, and the biggest takeaway from me for Georgia Missouri was you know you're down by two scores in the fourth quarter and you're the number one team in the country and they did exactly what a number one team in the country in that situation should have done, which is come back and win the game.
4: So
2: mm-hmm. you know it was like you get down, face adversity, they answered. That's what you got to do. And then that's what a key, another key for the Gamecocks is, you know, inevitably something early in the Kentucky game will not go Carolina's way. Uh, that's just football. It happens. Uh, it's how they respond to it. And and that's not, you know, I, I thought last year, you know, you kind of look at, and I hate to compare last year to this year, but you kind of last last year's team had some resiliency. I mean, came back against Auburn. Uh, the Florida game was sort of back and forth before the Gamecocks blew it up in the second quarter uh they survived north carolina kind of making a comeback in the bowl a little bit a comeback ish so they're resilient i mean I, I just you know on the road at night in the sec has not been a winning formula for this team for a while uh and so you know you got to come out and counterpunch if you're the gamecocks otherwise it'll be another blowout loss uh, on the road and everybody'll be even more upset next week oh yeah uh, and then there's an open date you got two weeks two weeks of misery you know, mm-hmm. Xavier said there were suspect play calls Thursday, but as a whole, it was pretty good.
1: Yeah, some, um, I mean, you know, just some of them to scratch your head, but,
2: uh, you know, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Carolina Titans says Kentucky could give our defense problems. Their passing game could be an issue. Absolutely. Uh, perimeter, Barry and Brown, Dane Key, uh, the kid they got from Virginia Tech, all good mm-hmm. players. They, I think they actually, well, you can't you can't replace Wandell Robinson, right? Uh, Cause he's special, but uh, I think they actually have more options uh, in the passing game this year than last when it was just kind of like, okay, well, you can probably try to, you know, shut down Wandale and, and, and you're good. Uh, and they had another guy too, that's pretty decent, but uh, th- this year, I think those three guys are studs and I think they, they are very problematic. Uh, Hunter says, "Good thing is Darius Rush, David Spalding, and Cam Smith are all fully back. That's true. Uh, they've they've missed David Spalding a little bit, just some first spot duty and and all that. Um, won't have twenty four and twenty five getting put on top of a fire. That's true." <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Tim says, "Did Warrior play Thursday? I thought he played a, whole, a a good bit early, and then Roderick was in there for a lot. So right. maybe they're trying to rest him. I, I know against Georgia." He got a little banged up, so maybe they're trying to to do that. Uh, And it wasn't yesterday; it's Thursday. I'm sorry for saying yesterday. Uh, Lady Brie, Titan, our DBs will need to play great, especially when Levis extends plays. Our D line has to create pressure. It's really the thing we need. That's
1: true. Yeah, she's right. I mean, you know, you're going to have to get him off his mark because obviously that that worked (laughs) worked well.
2: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Dre says, hot rod is hard to tackle, and we seem to have a hard time tackling for some reason. That's a bad combo. That's true. Breaks, tackles, breaks, tackles, and breaks, tackles. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. finds a way to fall forward, too. I thought, uh, you know, is he as good as Rocket Sanders at Arkansas? That was a question I had. Boy, Arkansas broke my heart on Saturday, man. Uh, Alabama Mm -hmm. gets Uh way up. Here comes Arkansas coming back. And then here comes Alabama with their backup quarterback, like he's like looking like he's Michael Vick, just taking all for touchdowns. Like, oh my god, must be nice to have that kind of depth, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, your Heisman Trophy winner quarterback gets uh it's crazy. Uh, why am I getting out of here? My takes seem to keep coming true, but you keep saying I'm crazy. It is what it is. I don't know what that means. Uh blah blah blah. Rakeem sprinkle. Should we shorten the receiver rotation? Stick stick with a solid three or four, so the chemistry can be good throughout the game. I don't know. I can see that. Uh, you know, you, you're gonna you're gonna play a lot of receivers anyway, just because you, you're shuffling them in and out. But uh, I would have rather seen that long ball go up to, to to Juice than Xavier Xavier Leggett. And that's nothing against Leggett. It was just a <clears throat> it was a free play. You got to hold on to the ball in that situation, but that could have happened to anybody. Um. Rob says, oh, yeah, I forgot to put where I'm from. Darlington, South Carolina, but listening from Decaturville, Tennessee. After getting out of an active-duty situation, I married a beautiful woman from Tennessee and now live here. Well, congratulations. Tennessee's a great place to live. Oh, yeah, uh, Rob, Rob, then he falls up with I miss home. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and Blah, blah, blah. The pick I tagged JC and Phil on Twitter about our stats versus Kentucky and also the swing passes and the Beamer Sunday press conference. It's all there. If you don't see our progress, you're simply jaded. I mean, I, 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 I'm I with you sort of on that. I get uh, – like you said, I understand the level of competition, and, and it wasn't good, but, mm-hmm. you know, I've also seen Carolina in, in some years, you know, no matter who the coach was, uh, you know, struggle in those games. And, you know, it's a sloppy, like, 31 to 10-ish type game, you know. Mm-hmm. and uh and that was that but uh you know yeah two- no, i
1: mean there's definitely been progress over the past couple of weeks and and you know like you said jc it's like you're just you're building that confidence in the team as you move into the later stages this was yeah. like you know it may not mean much to us we did what we were supposed to do uh but the team is going to feel really good after the past couple of weeks because exactly. they are i mean there's incremental improvement every week um and then and with that trend being all year long then who's to say that it's not going to continue on Saturday?
2: Yeah, yeah, who's to say? You know, because it's one of those things. Um, Queasy says the bad game against Georgia was because of the hangover from Arkansas. Had we played Charlotte the week before, the Georgia game would not have been the dumpster fire it was. Maybe. Maybe that. That's maybe the case. Craig says Bell is going to transfer. (laughs) Don't know. Um, Sonder says it seems I'm being pedantic. But the only drive I was happy about was the first offensive series of the second half, other than that, wasn't impressed. Wasn't bad, but didn't wow me either. Yeah, well, they just lined up and ran the ball. (laughs) And then, short. it was the same thing they did against Charlotte. They just lined up. They used those big, uh, probably, I don't want to call them jumbo personnel packages, but, you know, with Wyatt Campbell in there at tight end and Atkins in there at tight end, uh, they just kind of ran it. You know, Lucky T says, let's go. They did go vertical more against SC State, and I think that was good uh for them to do i mean that's what people kind of want to i do think there's something to be said for K- beating kentucky over the top uh, in certain situations now that didn't happen a lot uh, against old miss uh the rebels didn't really chunk it down way down the field a lot but they uh, they did take their shots and you know like i said you just got to avoid getting them getting into their spider web in other words carolina gets off let's say they do get off to a good start saturday night you, you got to continue to attack you know um we all remember the 2017 Kentucky game. That ball game couldn't have started any better for South Carolina, uh, when they touched down on the first play on offense and a turnover the first play on defense. Uh, but you missed an extra point and, and you missed a field goal, and that zapped momentum, and then Kentucky got you in the spider web and ended up winning 23-13. <laughs> um, and that was that was very disappointing. You know they got because they don't. You know they'll just sit there and kind of plug away. Uh, and the next thing you know, your, your nice little lead is down to nothing, and, and they've got the momentum. Right. So you know, and uh, they got to they got to get better. Carolina does uh, on the defensive line. So I agree with you there, Craiger. Four sacks and five games from this dominant defensive line. Give me a break. Yeah, not enough. Yeah, they got to they got to play a lot better. They got to play a lot better. So anyway, first segment went by pretty well. Don't forget Keith Allsup at the top of the next hour to give his take on everything and continuing on with uh, Nana Sports chat boxers uh and some stuff from the i help consulting mailbag right here on a monday episode of inside the game cox the show
0: just as your state farm agent just as your state farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates
2: If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are, Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die. hard Gamecock fan has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271, or email Sirfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S, at com C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Cox podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners. Uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864 414 5271. Sydney Sear Foss of Caldwell Banker King.
0: If you're looking Gamecocks. Just
4: family vacation. These folks are incredible. ihelpconsulting.com. How can I help you?
2: Attention attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock Golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity? If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Yep, time to get back to the
1: show. Shoot. All right, my man. Welcome back, everybody. Inside the Gamecocks is presented to you by Manscaped. Remember, use the code BIGSPUR for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. And the first hour of the show is presented by Cindy Searfoss Realty at Coldwell Banker Uh Give Cindy a call for all your upstate real estate needs. 864-414-5271.
2: All right. Thank you to Cindy for being our sponsor here. And like I said, big fan of Cindy Sear Falls, Caldwell Baker Kane. She's got the first hour right here on Inside the Gamecocks' show, along with Manscaped. Be sure to get your your Manscaped on uh, and help us out with that. The iHelp Consulting Mailbag. Uh, two ways to get into the mailbag. You can tweet to at the Big Spur pod, <clears throat> or you can uh, email inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. And, Phil, we got a uh, – a question, uh, a couple of questions from Gamecock pastor. How about that?
3: Uh, off
2: Twitter. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, pastor says, number one, how does Greg Adkins absence impact us this week? Well, it, uh, he's been out for a little while. So uh, I, I think Lonnie Teasley is a capable fill in uh, on the O-line. And, uh, I think that, I think that group's played better the last couple of weeks. So uh, obviously the competition rises this week, Phil, but uh uh, you can kind of see the O line uh, gelling a little bit more,
1: I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, they definitely have made incremental improvements. So, I mean, and that's another, you know, it seems like each position group, JC, has definitely gotten better week to week. Injury notwithstanding, obviously, the secondary has been a little <laughs> up and down.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's back this week, though. So you got, you got Rush, Rush is back. I think that's big. He's a starter for a reason. You know, er, people pick on Marcellus Dial. I think, you know, I don't know what the expectation was there that you know he would shut down every whole whole side of the field or not, but I, I think he's playing pretty good. He, he gets beat like most corners sometimes, but uh, and he's going to have to have a good game. I mean, Dial, Rush, Cam Smith, uh, you name it in the secondary. They're, they're going to, you know, this is the, this Kentucky team is a little like like we talked Phil about Georgia being different than they normally are. Uh, the Kentucky team is kind of the same way. I mean, they're going to try to run the football because that's, that's who they are. But they will also attack you down the field on, on the perimeter, as we saw against Ole Miss. I mean, Barry and Brown, Dane Key, like I said, those two freshmen are outstanding and uh, really well with that. And then uh, Gamecock Pastor says, what are you hearing about MJ Bennett now that he's announced his commitment date? Uh, Mazio, um, <clears throat> I think he's going to Tennessee right now. Just to be straight-up honest with you guys, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's the trend. Um, Gamecocks are trying, you know, to battle and all that good stuff. And and, and I, I don't know that it's not going to be Carolina. But, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be really concerned uh, about Tennessee right now mm-hmm. if I were the Gamecocks. And, uh, you know, that offense up there looks like a lot of fun to play in. You know and
1: say, so, yeah, look at the two different offenses. Which one would you rather play for if you were a young wide receiver? Yeah, I mean, I know. You know,
2: and that's unfortunate because brutal. you know, this is one where it comes down to comfort. You know, all, all recruiting decisions come down to comfort level, and so you weigh that comfort level. And uh, you know, what, to, what makes you the most comfortable that the offense or the fact that you got this great relationship at Carolina? Uh, or whatever, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, but he's twenty twenty four, So, y- you know, you never know, you may go in, <clears throat> you know, and, and he, maybe he commits Tennessee or something like that, as long as there's not NIL money involved, um, which they seem to, to do up there, you know, uh, you, you go, you, you, he commits, you, you stay after him. There's a long way to go. You know, a lot of different things can happen, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, it, yeah. It's so um, <clears throat> good to hear from you again, Pastor. We always appreciate that. Forget my voice; I don't know what the heck <clears throat> is going on today. <laughs> um, uh, feels bad for Step. It has to be impossible to recruit high schoolers to this offense. Uh, it's been a little bit of a challenge um, so it, you far.
1: Know.
2: You got to go get. You got to go get a player. You know, I mean, you, though, I mean, you got to you got to work around that. Um, uh, unfortunately it's not that easy, <laughs> uh, I guess, uh, I don't lady, blame
1: cause you know, he's going to catch a hell of a lot of heat for losing another in-state recruit. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't, it's not a hundred percent his fault.
2: <laughs> I, don't, I don't either. I don't, you know, I think that's, uh, that's one thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and Hunter brings up, Hey man, look what we're doing over here. You can catch a swing pass. You can block for 75% of your snaps. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one thing that worried me you know when you start talking about the rams and i read up on it and it's like the rams love uh, blocking wide receivers mm-hmm. i'm like well then why did you why did the best blocking wide receiver hit the portal pj jenkins <laughs> you go to georgia tech i mean he was <laughs> he, he couldn't uh, <clears throat> he wasn't a, 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 an ideal x receiver he was more of a guy you, you run across the middle and stuff but he uh uh, EJ was a devastating blocker on the perimeter because uh, he's six, seven, 240. Who wouldn't be? Mm-hmm. Um, so, Speaking of pick, uh, how about Georgia Tech
1: <laughs> this past weekend?
2: <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 uh, on the JC and Morgan podcast, you know we have our our uh, our picks every week, and so we're sitting, there, we're sitting there talking about the Georgia Tech game, and I'm like, man, uh, you know, will they get up off the mat for alum Brent Key and? and play the game of their lives and win and and, and I was like ah probably not and, and then lo and behold they did <laughs> yeah. <You showed> <laughs> and, and that's the, that's the problem with teams in the ACC that are all trying to catch Clemson woefully inconsistent you know yeah. uh, they'll, they'll, they'll a team like Pitt is, is very good but they'll, they'll 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 drop an upset in a heartbeat you know <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> a, a massive upset like where you're like wow how did that even happen yeah same with Miami. And Middle Tennessee, same with North Carolina. Uh, you know, the, those those teams in the ACC, people like besides there being a huge difference in talent between them and Clemson, they are very inconsistent football programs. Um, and Clemson is just the opposite. They're very consistent. So that's, uh, people want to know what's wrong with the ACC. Some of these schools like Pitt and North Carolina and Virginia Tech and all these schools that care about football. I mean, I, I think North Carolina cares about football. They spend a lot of money on it. So um, they need to be more consistent, you know, that's just, uh, that's all there is to it about the ACC, but Hey, that was a, was a heck of a win, uh, by, uh, old Britt key and the Georgia tech yellow jackets, uh, on, um, on Saturday at Pittsburgh pulling the massive upset. Uh, so that's good. Um, Drew says thoughts on the Vols only minus three at LSU. I mean, LSU could win that game straight up.
1: LSU is not a bad team. Mm-mm.
2: No. It just looked bad in that
1: first game. And I think everybody's carrying that through. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. And they kind of, uh, you know, if you watch them against Mississippi state and, and, you know, their defense held up pretty well against that attack. Obviously that attack went up and down the field on a and M pretty bad. <laughs> uh, Mike Leach has a, has a, I think his overall record against a and M, something like 10 and three, <laughs> uh, with, uh, at, at Texas tech and Mississippi state. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I I think LSU, having faced Mississippi State already, uh, will probably be prepared for that. Uh, the Vols' uh, offense. Now, historically, I'll say this: uh, Tennessee usually plays pretty well in Baton Rouge. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, Derek Dooley actually pulled off a massive upset, uh, and then they they walked him off the field. He, he was off. He was on the field celebrating. Everything was fine, and there was a penalty flag. For- <laughs> Poor Derek Dooley. Uh, And LSU certainly scored right there and won the game 16-14. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see LSU win that game. I mean, that's – you know, that's – I know everybody loves Tennessee's offense and and all that, but that's a tough place to go get going. And, you know, I like the fact that LSU's played a system like that. Now, I realize they did not look great against Auburn. Auburn, actually, I thought played better than I thought. LSU still won the game, but uh, it was uh, still – it's one of those. Uh, Auburn could be a potential spider web team this year, Phil. Uh, just kind of thinking about their style of play. It's, it's now all of a sudden back to defense and pounding the rock, and mm-hmm. uh, they're not going to put a lot of points on the board, et cetera. But uh, you know, I, I do think Auburn could potentially, you know, potentially be one of those spider web teams this year. Yeah, there's um, you know,
1: there are definitely games on their schedule where all they have to do is outlast.
2: Yeah, outlast. You know the struggle, the the, the struggle, <laughs> the struggle. Well, or whatever. Um, Hunter says step doesn't have a selling point. We have a top quarterback in the country, and Sat doesn't believe in passing down the field. Yeah, I mean, they took a few more shots against SC State, but uh, I, I I think they feel like their best chance is probably going to be hit the short stuff hope you break one, run the football, that kind of thing. Um, But you never know, week to week. I mean, who who knows? Uh, I'd like to see them come out, run a balanced attack, maybe run some tempo to try to keep Kentucky off balance on defense, get the ball to your playmakers, put them on the field, you know, that kind of thing. Um, If you can run it with Marshawn Lloyd, uh, those power formations, I'm all for that, you know, because – You know, it's cliche, Phil, but they say you take your running game and your defense on the road. Right. Mm -hmm. And your special team. So, uh, that's uh, – it's going to be important for Carolina to run the football well. Uh, If you look at this series with Kentucky, it's normally the team that outrushes the other team that wins. Uh, The one one game Carolina won in 2019, they outrushed them, you know, and shut them down on on the run. Uh, The one exception was 2014 – uh, that was a game Carolina was up two touchdowns and blew. <laughs> uh, but Dylan Thompson picked six game, uh, 45-38 was the final there. Uh, Mike Davis had a huge night rushing the ball uh, up in mm-hmm. Lexington that night. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, that's the thing. Um, yeah, a two, two, the 2009 LSU game, Vols had 13 guys in on defense at the time. <laughs> wow. uh, Carolina Titan says, with the talent we have, we should run – uh, a Mike Leach-type offense. We have too much talent at the wide receiver and tight end positions. I'd, I don't know if it should be exactly like Leach, but something like Ole Miss, something like Tennessee, something like uh maybe not quite as fast as Tennessee, but something – so Something similar to uh, the systems that are putting up points in yards, right, Phil? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, and I think one of the things that's so frustrating about what we're doing is that we're watching other teams who throw these quick outs you know, out to the perimeter, but their wide receivers are two or three yards down the field, where ours are two or three yards behind the line of scrimmage. So it's like not so much play call,
2: but maybe interesting play design. Yeah, you know, the play designs are supposed to be good. I don't I don't know. I don't I don't like throwing it short of the sticks.
1: I just uh I don't either. I'm getting tired of seeing it like 2, 3 yards behind because if you're you're one missed block away from losing yards. Mm-hmm. And you you know, I mean, and if you're doing that multiple times in a series, then you're just exposing yourself to potential loss
2: a, a bit more than you generally have to. Yeah. I got you. Uh, and that's uh, that's not good because you need to be moving forward. <laughs> Matt, Matt says we got in 12 personnel and ran it to the nub side that game, JC, per must champ. Yeah, that's when Will called the play. Yep, <laughs> We're going to uh, get in the nub. We're going to run it to the nub side and get in 12 personnel. And they did it, and I think Rico Dowdle scored or somebody somebody scored. <laughs> right then. Amazing. Uh, Colunda says our play calling feels like we don't know how to play an advantage in the moment. We will run a successful player formation, then switch to something else instead of punishing a defense uh, with that play until they stop it. It feels like we're trying to keep a defense off balance, but in the process, it makes the offense get off balance and have no rhythm. Um, <clears throat> a couple of things here. I, I don't, I don't. I I feel you because I don't feel like the offense has a good rhythm. I I don't think you can run, 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 pass, 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 though. And that's what that's where I saw some improvement Saturday uh, is that it wasn't just let's run, 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 run this series. Let's pass, 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 pass pass the next series. So yeah, much better um, balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Lady Bree says everybody's talking about the downfield pass, but that's exactly what my tweet was about. Spencer's calling audibles to these lateral passes. Only 10 lateral passes were thrown versus SC State, yet everyone says it was all spring swing passes. I, I, I think it's <clears throat> a more of like a sh- the short passing game, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think some people are frustrated. I mean, I don't, I don't want to use the word frustrated. If, if I had a preference, I guess, um, I would, uh, you know, I'd prefer to see Juice Wells get laterally more. They seem to like to, to to throw it to him short and see if he can go make a play. But I, I think the guy can get downfield you know, in a hurry right. and uh, mm-hmm. make plays in that department. Uh, 76 is I, I could see Lloyd and, and Christian Bill Smith uh, tagging Kentucky pretty good if we give them the ball and block a little, mix in some decent passing to keep them honest and beating Kentucky's realistic. Yeah, Look, it has to be alarming if you're Mark Stoops that, uh, <clears throat> you know, Kentucky's run defense is, is not as good as maybe it has been in years past. Yeah, especially uh, it, with you have down a linebacker again this week. <laughs> yeah, Jacques Jones probably won't be playing, and uh, he uh, he's really good. Transfer from Ole Miss. He and Square, and I mean they've got their linebackers are really really uh, elite. But you just don't replace Jones, though. I mean, you know, I don't know who they have behind him, but you just don't you don't replace him. So you know, yeah, you kind of look at the game Saturday uh, in Oxford and. You know, man, you, you sort of got uh, – you, you got ran through and around and over 186 rushing yards. Uh, Judkins with uh, 15 per 106. They bottled up Zach Evans pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. nine, nine for 24 and a touchdown there, but uh, could not stop Judkins. Dart ran it eight times for 40 yards. Maybe they run Spencer a little more Saturday. Um, just a, uh, you know, a, a leaky defense, if you will, uh, in the first half for Kentucky. Second half, they adjusted, and K- Ole Miss was, you know, certainly had their chances to score more points, Phil, but it was, uh, it was a shutout. It was a, a scoreless stalemate uh, in the fourth, and uh, Ole Miss only got a field goal in the third. So that was uh, after that first flurry, Kentucky, and that's what I'm saying. They, they tried to get them back in the spider web, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss is up two scores. They're rocking and rolling. That place sounds loud. I mean, it was loud on TV uh and they're they're killing it and then all of a sudden here comes Kentucky uh-oh
1: hanging around just hanging around web,
2: you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um Kentucky uh they blocked extra point too I and mean, they haven't mm-hmm. you think, yeah, it's not been they don't always play pretty football and they but they win and so that that's kind of kind of been the mojo for for Kentucky uh here for a while Jan says what's going to happen to Carolina Saturdays, nothing that some Kentucky bourbon and PBR can't handle. Hmm. Looking forward to catching up with Jan this weekend in Kentucky. Uh, it'll be fun. Uh, Rakeem says if we win this weekend, we would be like a lot of teams at four and two. That's true.
1: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and you, and you, you, you find a way to beat Kentucky. And look, there, there's no – I think one of the big problems with Saturday Phil is, is Missouri looked really good and gave Georgia all they wanted. And so they, they're coming up Kentucky had a good run of it at Ole Miss. That game was close. You know, people look around and go, Oh my goodness, there's a Vanderbilt Look, is, is an improved football team and they got to go up there. And so everybody looks around and kind of goes, Oh my gosh, you know, what's going to happen with the Gamecocks? Uh, you know, and we've all been through these seasons before, and we all know that it doesn't stay the same. <laughs> you know, you not you, you don't you're not freezing October first, Han Solo style. You know, and uh, and and you know, and there he is. So, um, Lady Bree says Spencer read the D and took the under audible to runs and short passes two times because everybody expected to show off the arm and play back. That's what he's supposed to do. And his game management and his skills and short and medium passing decisions and accuracy were the things killing us most. I think the failure to establish the run uh, is probably killing them or, or killed them the most early, right? right. Mm-hmm. But what, what it seems like they've done is gear it down a little bit to where, you know, yeah, you're going to hit the short stuff and try to sustain drives and, and things like that. But, you know, Lady Bree makes a good point. That uh, you're supposed to take the underneath stuff if it's open, mm-hmm. you know. Everybody, pay, everybody kind of plays back, and you got. Uh, but at the same time, I you know, I'd like to see them attack the middle of the field at some point.
1: I know that's it's just so frustrating. It was right. like just if you want a quick hit or do a little slant or something and just get. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, works well off the play action when you can get the linebackers to cheat up and somebody's just streaking down the middle of the field. But I don't know. Yeah.
2: Yeah, hey, yeah, middle of the field. I, I don't know why we hadn't seen like Stogner across over the middle or something like that. I don't know. Maybe they're saving it for Kentucky, right? Juan I hate the national narrative when it comes to Spencer's turnovers, Spencer Rattler. It's almost like they don't watch the game. Yeah, I just don't. I, you know, some of them have been his fault, some of them haven't. And Saturday, hour, I'm sorry, Thursday. I don't think I didn't, I didn't hang those on Rattler. You know, I don't no, think. No. I felt bad for him. I was like, hey, here's two
1: more interceptions. Great. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I did, too. I was like, damn, those were both right where they needed to be. <laughs> you know, and I hate it for Xavier LeGlic because we know he can catch. It just, I don't know, maybe it was
2: just off. Who knows? Craig says, you notice Jaheim Bell doesn't do post-game interviews. Something is going on. I don't know. I, I haven't heard of anything going on with Jaheim that's not. Uh, yeah, I I think, I think he's fine for right now. Obviously, he's a competitor and a player and wants the ball. You know, just like everybody else, uh, Jan says Commonwealth Stadium Kroger Field is incredibly nauseating between plays with the loud music and Mister P. I. continues going first down Kentucky. Yeah, he's he's the worst. He's the worst. If it's the same guy that's still there, that guy. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's the absolute worst. Uh, of course, I haven't been there since 2010. So um, Doc says he is being asked to play very different from his style. He struggled with these things at Oklahoma. A little bit, but uh, the run too. But I meant specifically where Spencer was messing up. They do need more attacks in the middle for sure. Yeah, because teams just if they know you're not going to go across the middle, they're, they're you're more easily defendable on the perimeter because there's no threat of that. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's the deal there. Um, yeah. So the nauseating Kentucky play by or PA guy, man, you, you could probably pick up some of it on TV, but it, just being there. Uh, is is the worst. I mean, it's 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 very very annoying.
1: You can hear how irritating it is on the radio call. Yeah, better than TV.
2: And Kentucky, and he's. he's but I'm
1: not there listening to that.
2: Got kind of a unique voice, you know. It's like a. You just kind of I don't know.
1: <laughs>
2: you expect him to kind of pop out and I don't know, do some putting on the ritz or something, and I'm like, well, what was that movie with the the alien? puts on the Ritz. I, anyway, I, 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 Oh, space balls, <laughs> space balls. If you've got Yeah. Uh, Jaheem's mom has publicly voiced concerns about him not getting the ball. Yeah. People do stay off social media, but yeah, I mean, I look, I'm not, I'm not saying Jaheem, uh, doesn't deserve the ball. I mean, he does. And and you know, you only play him 14 snaps. I mean, it just, it just seems like – you know, it just doesn't seem very likely that he is, like, not one of your best players. Let's just put that – put that out. Personnel utilization. 76ers, Kentucky, just isn't scary. They're very beatable if we play together with consistency in the run game and can control things, then make opportunistic pass plays and use midfield passing. So, that's uh, – yeah. That's uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of how I feel about it. Lady Bree says – Spencer came here to develop in a pro system specifically. I really need to get this audio file uploaded. Uh, I don't know. I,
1: well, we remember what he said during the preseason that, you know, and one of the things we loved about Satterfield was that he was going to be, you know, more pro pro football ready. I just think, you know, that sits, it's hard to stomach that when we've lived through, you know, the last era we did where we're putting guys into the league and the team itself is not produce yeah. a I don't like, want to hear play. about
2: the NFL anymore. I you know? I'm
1: so tired of hearing about that. What I'd like to hear is oh hey we're running an offense that's geared around our playmakers and look we're winning games.
2: Yeah. Uh lady says Bell has had drops in key situations. That's on him. I don't remember what, what when did he drop a ball? When did Bell drop one? I think he may have, I think I don't maybe in the
1: Charlotte game. Maybe he may have had a drop. I remember there were a couple of passes defended in the Georgia and Arkansas games, but I don't yeah. think that was on
2: him. That's just, you know, good defense. A uh, lady says Stogner's outplaying Bell in this system. I, well, 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 here this is my contention on it. My problem with it is no, it should never be Austin Stogner or Jaheim Bell. Uh, and these are Satterfield's own words that Jaheim Bell's not a tight end. Uh, and I think that in the bowl game last year, he did not play tight end a lot you know you want to have a big game like that you know he doesn't need to be i mean i just you know you've got other guys that are more good traditional tight ends with the blocking and I, and Jaheim can block don't get me wrong but uh he, he needs to he needs to have the ball uh in other ways you know i, I think i just think he's too good you mm-hmm. know uh bell isn't getting enough touches uh i don't care about anything else if atkins is getting more snap than some bells and we have a problem well it's 44 to 14 but as uh as Lady Brie points out, though, like, you know, when, when they're in that heavy set, you know, you almost um, you almost can play Jaheim somewhere else, receiver, running back, whatever, because I, I like getting at Nate Atkins out there blocking. I think he's a really good blocker, and that helps. That helps get the run game going. White Campbell, too, at times. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got to play a lot the other night with Trey Kenyon out, and Trey's, Trey's had a pretty quietly good year, too. So, I think it just kind of depends on what you're going to do um and uh I, I think Jaheim is a big play well, well waiting to happen and i think you know you, you have to kind of not get pigeonholed with uh using him as a and considering him a tight end oh he's not as good as or so' because I, I just don't evaluate him that way at all all right we got to get a break right feel
4: yeah yep. yep. uh, honesty
2: honesty his honesty segment coming up <laughs> Uh going to talk with him. He's a little more positive maybe than last. I don't know. We'll we'll get Keith's take on everything. Coming up on the other side, top of the hour break here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you. With any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are, Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die. Our Gamecock fan has been in the upstate for more than 35 years right there in my hometown of Spartanburg Daniel Morgan Avenue contact Cindy 864-414-5271 or email Sirfoss, c s e a r f o s s at cbcane.com c b c a i n e that's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Game Cox podcast check her out we've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Sydney Searfoss of Caldwell Banker King. Hey, man. Hey, man. Are you sick and tired of your business, computer guy?
1: Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests.
2: Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. 1001 is matt's contact number
1: yeah man i sure do that or you can go to heritage digital.com
2: man i hear they do a no-cost assessment boy this will help me yeah i bet (laughs) i'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same heritage digital 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of inside the game cox the show
4: These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you?
2: Hey, folks. Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, Don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Guy pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana's Porch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, Take it away, Noah.
1: What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting NanasPorch.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox, and go Nanas. What's up? What's up? This is Jaheim Bell
3: with the Gamecocks, and you are now listening to Inside the Gamecock Show with JC and Phil.
1: Welcome back, everybody! Hey, look, there was Jaheim Bell. We found him. He's right there. The, uh, <laughs> second hour of the show is brought to you, of course, by. Oh, let's see. Who was bringing the, us a, Burgesson the Burgess team. Team. You know, right, team? commercial. Yeah, yeah you got real estate yeah. on both sides of the hour here, yeah. but commercial real estate. They call the Burgess team or Remax at the lake. Or give them a shoot them an email, Adam or Derek. A uh, b e r e b e r g e s o n at remax.net, and of course, we're sponsored by Manscaped 20% off with the code Big Spur. And we are joined on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by none other than the incomparable cockfather, Keith Allsep. Good morning, Keith. How you doing?
3: Hey, guys, how's it going? Well, we won. <laughs> 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 that, that's, that's a that's a That was high praise on the introduction, Phil. I hope I can live up to it. hope you guys had a a good weekend. It was nice to just relax on Saturday instead of uh, being uptight and tense for three and a half hours. You know, historically, I've related uh, being a Gamecock football fan to, you know, basically like passing a kidney stone or being in, you know, Child labor. <laughs> um, it, it's just, uh, you know, it's kind of like being a Braves fan when Will Smith or Kenley Jansen comes in the out of the bullpen. You just, <laughs> it's just never as easy as you hope it is. Um, but it was, it was pretty easy uh, the last two nights for uh, my Atlanta Braves who will. In all likelihood, claim the National League East for the fifth consecutive season, spoiling mm. the New York Metropolitans once again. There. Go, to Chipper Jones! Suck it, Mets! Sorry, <laughs> I had to get
2: that out. <laughs> the, the The Metropolitans <laughs> I wish I had a broom up here with me. You Keith, know, yeah. you know, I woke up this morning. You know, I think you know, fifty to ten win on Thursday. I I didn't have as big of a problem with that game as, as maybe some other folks did. I thought, actually, the, I didn't really have a big problem with most of the play calls for the first time in a long time. Um, but uh, sort of a sloppy game Thursday night, weird kind of situation, obviously. But uh, a win, and then I get up today, and apparently everybody else that's on the schedule, they're not allowed to play good, or it's just like Carolina losing a game. You know, like, like, oh, my God, look at what Missouri, they almost beat Georgia. Oh, my God, look at Ole Miss in Kentucky. Oh, my God, Kentucky, he's so good. Oh, t- Tennessee, you know, uh, blah, 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 blah. Clemson, oh, my gosh, what a win, you know. It's everybody's in a bad mood today. Everybody's in a bad mood today for some reason,
3: man. <laughs> I mean, I'm not in a bad mood, JC. I mean, look, rightly or wrongly, Ray Tanner has become Gamecock Nation's punching bag. Uh, You know, would the game have looked different if South Carolina knew on Sunday morning that they were going to play on Thursday? Absolutely, because uh, you could have done more with the team on Sunday. You would have moved your Tuesday practice up to Monday. Then on Tuesday, you would have had your Wednesday practice, which is your second big day. And then on Wednesday... You could have had your regular Wednesday practice and then had your walk-through Thursday morning before the game because you are going to take Friday off. I thought Ray Tanner did the only thing he could do, which was make the decision he felt was best for the team with the information he had at the time. We all know these storms are unpredictable. They take twists and turns, but on Tuesday morning, when you had to make that decision – that thing was barreling down, the path was barreling down on the Midlands, and you didn't want to be uh, playing a football game like NC State in 1999 where with the turf at williams Bryce is underwater.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean,
2: and, and I think, too, you know, you, the storm ended up hitting, uh, making landfall at Pawleys Island. It took out the Pauley's Island Pier. Yes. Uh, it, it wasn't as bad as, of course, our friends in Southwest Florida. And when you say you say prayers for them, I mean that was massive devastation. But you know, you, you know, you, you do have a hurricane that, that caused a lot of damage that is going to hit the coast. I mean, you probably made the best decision you could, like you said, and, and it it wasn't like maybe. Oh, what was that? That Marshall game that they canceled, where you know we're sitting there looking at blue skies uh, Saturday night, and why are not the game why are not the Game Gamecocks play? You know, or even the Georgia game they moved to the Sunday. You know, I, I thought this was legit. You know, I thought you know, and, and it turns out that the storm came right on up through South Carolina. I mean, so that's uh, uh I didn't think that was a bad uh, a bad decision at all, and I'm glad they got it in. And uh, I think from a football standpoint, it probably helped some of these. uh uh, nicks and bruises that the team has and everybody's going to be healthy going into Kentucky,
3: right? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, again, it, it's a different looking game if South Carolina knows on Sunday versus saying Tuesday morning, hey, guys, we're moving the game up. You've got two days to get ready. Quite frankly, it looked like two football teams that had not had a week of preparation, right, mm-hmm. because of shortened but J.C., I thought Spencer Rattler had his best game as a Gamecock. I thought he threw the ball uh, extremely well, was extremely accurate despite wind gusts of up to 30 miles an hour. You know, the second play of the game, he puts a deep ball right on Xavier Leggett. And same thing that happened to Xavier Leggett every other year except last year happened. He – bobbled it up in the air, and it was intercepted. Then in the second half, Rattler puts one right on him in the red zone that if he catches it, he turns outside, he scores a touchdown. Um, You know, Rattler 21 of 27, you're talking about being 23 of 27 with three touchdowns and no interceptions for probably around 280 yards. So, you know, I thought Rattler played well, you know, defensively. Statistically, you held South Carolina State one of 11 on third down. You converted 50% of your third downs. You scored seven touchdowns and eight trips to the red zone. And so you just have to, you know, it wasn't always pretty. And when you're watching it, you're like, good Lord, could this thing hurry up and get over? But, you know, all things considered – You know, you got to continue to play younger guys at linebacker and on the – in the secondary. And like you said, the the coaching staff gets a head start on Kentucky and the players get an extra 48 hours to, you know, rest and get over their bumps and bruises before, you know, this team heads to Lexington and you just have to hope that Marcus Siderfield – and this offensive coaching staff can devise a game plan that will get South Carolina off to a fast start, something that under Shane Beamer and Marcus Satterfield has not happened, particularly on the road.
2: Yeah, I think uh, obviously it's going to be uh, – it's an issue until it isn't, getting off to a fast start uh, or a better start if you're the Gamecocks. So I, I thought, you know, one thing people – when you talk about the Carolina defense Thursday night, Keith, is – the SC State's backup quarterback, Tyrese Nick, he, he's more of a runner. Um, same thing kind of happened last year against Vandy. You know, they, they kind of game planned for the other guy, and, and then they put Nick in. Uh, I think that gave the Gamecocks some problems. Obviously, he was able to rush for 95 yards, and, you know, they had to do some some on-the-fly adjusting. So, you know, to your point about two days to get ready, that, 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 may, that probably is part of it that they weren't, you know – uh, didn't rep or weren't expecting, um, and, and that's why SC State was able to make those plays. What what, were you, what are your thoughts about that?
3: Yeah, I mean, I thought he made a couple plays, and then, you know, they put the younger guys in, and I thought Stone Blanton looked like a true freshman. You know, there were a few times that guy would, would keep on the zone read, and Stone Blanton, you'd see him going one way, and he'd have to stop, slow down, stop, and, and try to turn around and chase uh, after, you know, the running quarterback, and they kind of ripped off some big yards there in the second half. Look, you know, Will Levis can run it. I thought Kentucky snatched defeat uh, from the jaws of victory twice on Saturday, just like they did last year at williams Bryce Stadium, except South Carolina refused to take advantage of it. Three turnovers by Kentucky. You know, South Carolina held them to 17 points, and this is a this is a different Mark Stoops team, JC. They've allowed 19 sacks thus far this season. They're averaging about 87 yards per game uh, running the football. Now, certainly, Chris Rodriguez, what he means to that offense, that changed on Saturday. Uh, when he, you know, finally got out of uh, DUI jail up there, mm-hmm. and uh, was able to play, um, the thing that I fear is I've been really impressed with Barry and Brown, Dane Key, and Tavian Robinson at wide receivers. Uh, Brown and Key, in particular, are are guys. JC, if you miss them. Uh, the band will start playing, mm-hmm. and uh, they're going to run the kicker out for the extra point. And so, hopefully, South Carolina's secondary is healing. Shane Beamer optimistic that we, you would get uh, Darius Rush and David Spalding back. I think that would be two big additions for this team uh, heading to Lexington on Saturday.
2: Absolutely. This game usually comes down. I mean, Kentucky's won at seven of nine. And and I think there's maybe only one of those wins is when they, you know, they haven't outrushed Carolina. Uh, And I I think, well, maybe, maybe two, because I think the COVID year, uh, Kevin Harris had like that, had the big game, obviously. Uh, But non COVID years, I, I can only remember. Uh, 2014, uh, Carolina out-rushed them up there, but lost. But uh, other than that, it's been just some ugly rushing totals. Now, uh, Kentucky's probably not as good as they normally have been uh, against the run on, on defense. Obviously, Ole Miss's freshman went off on Saturday run of the football. Still, they're they're stingy, 123.8 yards per game, uh, 48th in the country in rush D. Um, you know, I, I I think that, you know, judging with the way the last two weeks have gone, it'd probably be in Carolina's best interest to, to, to remain balanced. Uh, but also to go up there and try to establish the run because I, I just don't know that Kentucky's as stingy as they normally have been when it comes to uh, giving up rushing yards.
3: I mean, I agree. I mean, look outside of, you know, they played Florida and Ole Miss. You know they played Miami of Ohio, Youngstown State, and Northern Illinois. They you know pulled it out against Northern Illinois, thirty-one to twenty-three. Uh, they beat Florida because uh, AR fifteen uh, missed. You know there were no bullets firing out of that thing. If they were there going to the other team, and you know they lost to. Ole Miss, who, who's pretty good. I don't think this is last year's Lane Kiffin team, but you know they did run the ball. Malik Heath had a big game, six for a hundred yards, I think. Uh, that was a guy you know South Carolina tried to get late. And honestly, it, it's cliche, but it's gonna come down to the lines of scrimmage. Kentucky is outside of 2019, in recent years, J.C., they bloodied South Carolina's nose, and South Carolina's had no response. Neither team is sacking the quarterback. Kentucky's allowed 19 sacks. They've sacked the quarterback six times. South Carolina's only sacked the quarterback four times. And, you know, can South Carolina stop the run And then what – you know, I want your – and Phil's thoughts on this. I mean, if you're South Carolina, do you go up there and try to start the game off by establishing the run or do you spread them out and try to get your your quick game and tempo going because they got that 340-pound nose guard that wears number zero? Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, And and do you kind of loosen them up with a passing game and then hit them with the run game? I mean – you gotta, you gotta come up with tendency breakers, and you gotta come up with a way to get off to a quick start. But if I'm Shane Beamer, I'm probably deferring to the second half this week. Um, it, that it may not not be one, that's probably what I would do because I think you gotta hope this game is tight and you get it to the fourth quarter, you know, with a chance to win. Because we've seen Kentucky in, in a close situation not handle that very well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree, Keith. I think you I think you hit the nail on the head when you said tendency breakers because that's one of the things that's been driving me insane over the past 12 year and a quarter now is that it just looks like we've got these locked-in tendencies that we're not breaking for whatever reason on offense. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're a balanced attack. You're one-dimensional if you do not break your tendencies. Um, so, you know, I think – To answer your question, I'd love to see us kind of throw it, you know, not chuck it all over the yard, but take advantage of, you know, what might be a soft middle of the field with, you know, their linebacker out. Uh, You know, don't try to run right into the nose, (laughs) but, you know, maybe some perimeter stuff, you know. Uh, Just be creative, but don't get cute. You know, break some tendencies, be creative and don't get cute.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with you there. I think I think balance, but uh, to Keith's point, you know, I I, I think what you got to do, and, and I, I mentioned this earlier, Keith. Uh, you know, Josh Pate came up with this. He, Kentucky's a spider web team, um, you know, <laughs> and uh, I think they almost caught Ole Miss Saturday. Ole Miss gets off to a fantastic start. Uh, I thought, hey, I think that Ole Miss is probably going to boat race them because that's what I thought going in. Um, but then all of a sudden, you know, the game slows down, mistakes are made on on with, with uh Old miss. Kentucky hits the big play. Next thing you know, they're right there back in the game and they never quit. And you're sitting there in the four, in the fourth quarter and it's uh Kentucky's about to go win the game and then fumble. Like you said, they didn't handle that situation very well at all. Um but uh yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where you, I I think I think you know on offense, uh, one of the ways to take the fight to the other team is to just go out there and, and run it wide open and try to tempo them and make them adjust to you, uh, rather than just going out and saying, oh, okay, we'll, we'll see if we can run or we can see if we can do this. We can do that. But, uh, uh, I'd kind of like to see, you know, something like that happen. I, I do think, I do think they'll continue to run the ball, but, uh, I think, uh, getting the passing game going a little bit, uh, I, I think would be in Carolina's best interest
3: yeah I mean I would like to see less people in the box I, I don't I, I would not like to see necessarily the empty formations which I don't really think we saw that against against South carolina State mm-hmm. but I'd really like to see them spread it out and go tempo uh, with the quick game on the perimeter and the screen game uh, you know the tight ends in the middle of the field and hit Marshawn Lloyd up in there because, you know, he could go the distance. And we saw that against Ole Miss. You know, South Carolina's got to do something to get off to a better start. And you'd like to hope the coaching staff has, you know, spent that extra 48 hours working on that. And then defensively, you got to put up a fight, JC. I mean, up front, South Carolina's got to – play better than they have and you know I, I thought Debo Williams flashed again which you would expect him to against an FCS opponent. Bam Martin Scott is a guy that continues to come on and Sherrod Green and so South Carolina's you know still building depth up front on, on defense in the front seven and then too many, you know. It, it, I guess it's hard to get three or four years of Travaris Robinson coaching out of out of guys, even though Marcelo Dial wasn't there for him. Um, too many DPIs, too much uh, grabbing and and pulling by the Gamecock secondary, and you hope that getting Darius Rush back, uh, you know, can make a big difference there.
2: Yeah, I, I think I think he and Spalding both bring, you know, some veterans uh, back to to what has been a young secondary gamecocks 23rd in the country in passing yards allowed, uh Kentucky 17th in passing yards allowed. So both these uh pass defenses at least in terms of yards allowed uh, are going well. A lot of times they say that's a, a kind of a catch 22 though because if you can um it, sometimes it means you're not stopping the run, right? So uh that's, that's gonna be the, the
3: case for the Gamecocks.
2: Yeah, this D line, especially on the interior for South Carolina, they need to they as far as fight, uh I, I think I think I think that's important. I, I don't I don't think Kentucky's as good as they have been up front on offense. I think they're kind of feeling their way on the offensive line. Um, so I think these guys, you know, you hear the term they need to go eat. Uh I don't think this is Arkansas or Georgia up front on offense, you know, I, I think it's time for them to go eat,
3: right? now, I mean, I agree. You you got to hope Boogie Huntley is healthy. Tonka Hemingway got the start. I think his versatility moving forward, I think, you know, on a lot of first downs, I'm probably using him to set the edge and, and have him out there with, uh, you know, Boogie Huntley and Zach Pickens and jordan birch but that i mean that's just me uh they know way more about it than i do but i thought he looked really good on the two-point play had a little body lean to him you can tell he's leaned up some uh he was explosive against south carolina state and so i mean it's all gonna come down to the lines of scrimmage and the turnovers in this game so South Carolina's got to get turnovers from Kentucky. And, you know, Rattler, you got to take some deep shots. And you'd think Spencer Rattler's going to start hitting them sooner rather than later. Uh, It sure would be nice to hit Amarian Brown or Juice Wells over the top Saturday night in in Lexington to shut uh, the the Hillbillies up up there.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that play could take a play, a big play like that in the passing game uh, for it could take energy out of your stadium and energize your sidelines pretty quickly. Uh, but yeah, one of these days is going to hit uh, Amari Brown or uh, Juice on, on, on a big play and uh, and all that. I, I think Spencer Rattler too. Like the other night, the, the deep pass to Jalen Brooks. Uh, Brooks kind of called it falling back behind, backward, falling down. But I mean how do you even defend that? Because he, the guy rather literally just threw it over the top of the whole defense. Yep. I yeah, mean, he half just,
1: pointed the football and came down. Wow.
2: That's a hard play to defend when you <laughs> when your quarterback and just chuck it over the top of everybody. Um, and so I, I, I'm encouraged by that too, but I, I would like to see that Saturday night. All right, Keith, well, have a good week here on locked on the game cast podcast and, uh, all that good stuff. And, um, Hopefully uh everybody's in a little bit better mood
3: next Monday when we talk to you. I mean no doubt about it, JC. This is a huge game. It's uh the first of several big swing games, and so uh you know this would this would really be a, a big one, no doubt about it. Uh you know going to Kentucky and coming back with the first road win in Lexington since 2012. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah.
2: No That's better time right.
3: than the present.
2: That's right. No, very true, man. No, there's no doubt about it, Keith. Okay. Well, we appreciate you uh joining us today, man. And uh, you're right. That, that 22, even that 2012 game, that was a bad, that was Joker Phillips last team there. Bad Kentucky get team, really good Gamecock team. Uh, Carolina's behind 17 7 at halftime. And that one, second half, the game guys just fed it to Marcus Lattimore over and over again and ended up winning 38 17. But that was the, it's been a while. It's been a while, you know, since the Gamecocks have won uh, in Lexington. And that used to be a place Carolina would win frequently. You know, I think even Brad, Scott, I don't think Holtz ever lost up there. And I think Brad Scott, I got two wins there too. So, uh, that trip to Kentucky is uh usually been fun for the Gamecocks, but not in a while. All right, Keith, talk to you soon, man.
3: All right, have a great week, guys. Thanks. Yes, sir, you do. All right,
2: that's uh, it's Keith Sean. I just noticed at the end of that segment you had questions for Keith. I apologize. Uh, I'll answer your questions. Uh, uh with Bennett, I think it's a lot of uh, I think Tennessee's offense is what's trending him there, uh, by comparison. And then Anthony Rose. I, I, I think there's, I think there may be an injury there or something. I, I need to, uh, I need to ask around about him. Still, I keep meaning to do that, but then whenever I check with my contacts, it's, uh, I've got a list of other things. <laughs> uh, yeah, I need to find out because Rose has a pretty bright future uh, and all that good stuff. All right, final break of uh, a Monday episode of Inside the Gamecocks the show. Phil will be back uh, after this to tell you a little more about Manscaped. We'll continue on. Nana Sports chat box is booming today. A boom chat box, I guess. Boom chat box. Chat boom box. Boom box. Boom boom, boom boom. Back in the eighties, people carried those boom boxes around.
1: My six-year-old was trying to beatbox all weekend long, which was hilarious. <laughs> that is
2: funny. <laughs> Teach them well, Phil. Teach them well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right, we'll be back after these messages here on Inside the Gamecocks the show.
0: Gamecocks
2: attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer, Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. Very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA mid amateur tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington, half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting, she'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R Enterprises.org. Her email's on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services.
4: These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you?
2: Hey, folks, JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, Don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana's Porch.com. Go there, food truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, Take it away, Noah.
1: What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. This
2: This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock baseball, and you are listening to
4: Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Go Cox.
1: Hello. Welcome back, everybody. Hour two of the Inside the Game Cox is presented to you by the Burgesson team at Remax at the lake. Get in touch with Adam and Derek for all your commercial or multifamily residential uh real estate needs. A Burgesson at Remax.net. That's A B E R G E S O N at Remax.net. And of course, we are brought to you by Manscaped. So Join over 5 million men worldwide who have gotten on board with Manscaped for all of their below-the-waist grooming needs. Manscaped, of course, has the Performance Package 4.0 out right now. Comes with the lawnmower 4.0. Uh, their most advanced trimmer yet comes with the Weed Whacker as well as a nice pair of boxers. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, the uh, toner and uh, below-the-waist deodorant to also keep you feeling fresh after those times where you've been in the shower taking care of it because, of course, it is waterproof, uh, which is where I used mine last, and it's got a little light on it for those of you that, I don't know, need a, a better view. But uh, join over 5 million men worldwide. Use the code Big Spur for 20% off at manscaped.com. Don't forget, that's 20% off with worldwide free worldwide shipping with the code BIGSPUR at manscaped.com. Make sure you
2: always use the right tools for the right job with Manscaped all right once again thanks for all of you that have purchased Manscaped products uh, through us that really helps uh the, the show and you know helps us keep the lights on right around here uh i probably need some more lights you know that's why uh, somebody told me that uh nana sports chat box uh carolina titan brings this up because i think people are in a bad mood because they see what missouri did and how kentucky looks and see a possible disaster in Kentucky this week. I hope we win. Look, I can't rule out a disaster. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you can't. I mean, you know, you you can't rule that out. But at the same time, uh, I, I don't think that should be the expectation. Uh, you know, going in, I mean, you have to you have to go up there and, and play, your be- yeah, play your best. Play your best. That, that's the whole thing. Just go play your best. Uh, you know, I, I know that's a spurierism uh, but I don't I still don't think this team's played its best game yet.
1: No, uh, yeah, play your best, execute discipline football. That, that was one of the things that was frustrating about the you know
2: past interference calls this past weekend. It was like it's just, yeah. it,
1: it's just a complete lack of discipline.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Spence is in the it. Spence is in the house mm-hmm. after all. Let's talk road games. Uh, so I know where this is going. Yeah, game. Yeah, well, know. <laughs> <laughs> not, uh Won a road game in the SEC uh with fans opposing fans because they they did win at Vanderbilt in 2020 but Nashville was probably the only city in the league that didn't let any fans in during the covid year yeah, uh, so, so well whereas there's normally not a lot of fans there in that stadium there was nobody it was it was like weird and there was a i think there was a weather delay too which made it even weirder but uh Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But Carolina won that one 41-7 at Vandy in 2020. It's been since 2019 uh, and the win at Georgia. Uh, and I think you can honestly say, Phil, if, if you kind of with the exception of the Missouri game last year where Carolina just sort of came back and made it closer than it was, you know, Gamecocks had the lead at Tennessee in 2019 and then fell apart in the second half. And since that moment, a lot of ugly moments on the road. Yeah,
1: it has been. It has been. And you're right, Spence. We're not going to argue today, Spence, because all of this is right. you got to get off to a fast start. We've got a terrible point differential in conference play on the road. And uh, that's one of the things that makes this game such a huge swing game. Not only do you need to turn the tide against Kentucky, obviously, in the series to take a step as a program, uh, but you also need to prove that you can perform well on the road.
2: Exactly, in an environment that's that's loud and uh, hostile. Uh, like I said, they have good they got good football fans. They're just as loud as their basketball fans are. Uh, and if you've ever been to a Kentucky basketball game at like a neutral site, um, you know I used to. I think I got the chance to go to the SEC tournament one year, uh, Ben's basketball tournament in Atlanta at the Georgia Dome. They they fill that thing up like it's a football game. Uh, they're loud, you know, and, and football, their football fans are the same way there. It's going to be a pretty, pretty packed house. Um, you know, uh, they're at uh, Kroger field I can't believe it's called Kroger field now. I guess uh, <laughs> it's, it's Commonwealth, stadium. I'm, still Commonwealth, Commonwealth one stadium. I'm never, I'm never, I don't even like Kroger. <laughs> 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 they don't have Kroger's. Krogers uh, Kroger was popular in Atlanta, but, uh, and elsewhere, but they don't have them up here. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think that that's, uh, That's just one of those things. I mean, yeah, at some point, the South Carolina-Kentucky football series needs to turn back to how it was. Now, uh, last year was a great opportunity for the Gamecocks to get their second straight win at home in the series. And it just – that game ended up being close. But, uh, you know, you can see why you didn't win. I mean, you only rush for 42 yards. You only have one scoring drive you can put together the whole game, like for a touchdown. Uh, and then Parker White hits like a 50-something yarder to pull it to six. But, you know, then you couldn't get off the field against them, And mm-hmm. uh, that's the thing. Uh, another big f- factor with this game, uh, I I think critical moments, Phil. I think that's going to be a key this week. We'll talk mm-hmm. about critical moments. Uh, in other words, your your defense comes up with a big turnover. Man, offense needs to go out there and, and stick it in the end zone, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, the offense goes and, 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 and makes a big play. Maybe they score, have a scoring drive to pull you back within a manageable amount or to take the lead. Uh, the defense needs to go out there and get a stop. You know, no, no special teams breakdowns, you know, today uh, or, or, or Saturday or whatever. Um, but man, I about speaking of special teams, I do think Pete Limbo is in the zone right now. Uh, I, I, don't think I don't think I've seen a special teams coordinator in a zone like this no. <laughs> for a while. I mean, I was like, wow, they just snapped the ball to some kind of weird, funky formation. And uh, I
1: mean, you could see like I rewatched it this morning. And I mean, you know, yeah, you snap the damn ball. You got three defenders, three offensive linemen. And that big boy standing back there to take the ball, there was never stopping and Rugby, a
2: rugby play, man. I just, uh, man, that's 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 something. And uh, you know, Carolina is. I think the last two, like, so we're eighteen games into the Beamer era. I don't remember a over the course of that this amount of time, Carolina going for two as many as many times as they do. No, well, uh-uh. they just, they will just, hey, if you don't cover it, they're going to go for two. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's,
1: that's, I'm going to have to start factoring in going for two at least once or
2: twice every yeah.
1: game into my score prediction yeah <laughs> you get
2: to 50 yeah. instead of 49 and by the way somebody had who had 49 to 10 Flint or somebody last week no, for this I or who was. It? somebody had 49 to 10 uh, Yeah,
1: man, you, both had 52 10 and we were all like right around it yeah we yeah. lost when mm-hmm. the price
2: is right it was <laughs> 49 10 because the price is right that's right yeah. Um you know all right more um more injury news from around the SEC. Tennessee lost starting corner Warren Burrell for the rest of the year. Um so that's uh that's that's not, that's not good for their their uh secondary there. Um oh I couldn't believe this. Paul Christ from Wisconsin got fired. What's going on up there? They just they hadn't had a very good year, uh, lost to Washington state. I didn't know Paul Christ was in danger of losing his job though. What I mean,
1: I, like what a six fifty overall record over the past what six years he's been there. Uh, yeah.
2: you know I, I think though maybe the uh, the butt hurt uh, for by getting smacked by at home by yeah. uh, your former coach. Uh, the butt hurt may be strong with that one. Uh, yeah, that's uh, you know,
1: yeah, that's not good.
2: Chris, uh, eighty six and forty five at, at Wisconsin as uh, alma mater uh, came back from Pitt, and uh, I, th- I thought he did pretty well, man. I'm actually pretty surprised. I mean, th- they were nine and four last year. Yeah, I mean, won the Las Vegas Bowl, so mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, there's something else to it or not, but he got fired. So there's some news from around college football. Uh, and Tennessee, you know, obviously they're not all that great on defense, but they, uh, they um, you know, they lost another one. So they're, they're going to have to go score many, many more points. <laughs> right, right. Quinn uh, uh, Contrail said, I don't know if you guys spoke on it, but I have to give Phil credit. He was money on Mississippi State this year. Side note, how does Jimbo last in Aguiland? The buyout's 50 million. It's like 80 million, actually.
1: That's huge. Yep. It's yeah. Yeah. Like, He's gonna be a rich man. But uh that's Mark Quantrell, you know, Mississippi State. It it really is Mike Lee. It's Mike Leach in the third year, and you could kind of see it coming last year. Um, but you just knew I just had a feeling he was gonna do well. He's got great personnel, he, he runs the scheme that fits them. Roll my eyes. And then uh, (laughs) they're just coming on, you know, and the West is a little bit down uh, outside of the top. So not not that hard to call.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think – and they had everybody back, oldest team in college. Right. Yes. The
1: oldest team. Yeah. Yeah. Most experience. It's like, you got to go with that. It's like, you know, when, when you know, Tom Izzo takes a, a senior laden team into the tournament, you're just like, oh, yeah, but go ahead and pencil that into at least the Elite Eight, if not the Final Four.
2: Yeah.
1: And the good, the good news
2: is that Carolina actually plays Leach in the, uh, in the Mississippi State Bulldogs next year in Colorado. Yeah, yeah.
4: mm-hmm.
2: But, uh, <laughs> uh then they'll but they'll lose a lot of players i I think will rogers will still be there their quarterback which is fine but they they lose a lot uh heading into next year so that's good um mike leach is now nine and four against texas a&m all time in his career so (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he's he's beaten jimbo the last two years (laughs) so uh you know got to give him credit for that but leach is uh Certainly, that, that offense is, is is special right now. A&M, um, see, I thought – this this is kind of what I thought A&M would be this year, Phil. I, I thought A&M would struggle on D because uh, they're young and would be pretty decent on offense, uh, but hadn't played out that way until um, until Saturday. And then there's just like uh, – Wow, they got yeah. uh, they got beat. So <laughs>
1: it's rough, you know. You just hope they stay down.
2: Yeah, well, they, well, they got Alabama next.
1: But, yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're going to continue to get your ass whooped. <laughs> yeah.
2: and, and, and they're off, and then they play Carolina and Columbia. So, uh, the more turmoil, I think, for A and M, the better chances are Carolina can. Maybe maybe get that trophy.
1: <laughs> I hope they get housed on Saturday, and all they hear for two weeks of chatter is how bad they are. <laughs> yeah,
2: and they come in at Williams Bryce and the uh, front of a crowd, you know, big crowd. Because it uh, there's one of two ways, you know, this could go for Carolina. I mean, either they're going to be backs against the wall with an zero and three SEC record uh, after next Saturday night, or or they'll be four and two and and ha- have some some good momentum. So. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll talk about a And M. We we'll got we got two weeks to talk about them after this game this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. does, that does not go uh, for the throat on momentum changing turnovers. He'll just trot DK out there for a Wildcat run. No,
1: well, uh, DK on Saturday. It was, uh, you know, the just a, a run to Marshawn Lynch. But I, yeah, that that was frustrating. Especially when you when we took over it what uh, it was plus territory again. And you know, I looked at my wife, and I was like, "We should take a shot here," but twenty bucks says we won't.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't get why more more coordinators don't do that. I mean, Spurrier obviously did it all the time. You know, sudden change, he's going to go down the field. Uh, in a lot of ways, a lot of a lot of times, but um. And who you cares? you are expecting it. You know, I mean, who? who it, cares? It, it, it's a, it's a it, mental thing. You know, yeah. with the D back because you're you're mo- a lot of times, you know, you got momentum during a football game, and you know, the defense is suddenly having to get back out there. You know, they're probably over their meeting and stuff, and then they're like, all right, let's go, because we turned the ball over. It's deflating. Uh, and then you get one-on-one coverage with one of your best receivers and, and against their DB. I mean, that's a mental challenge for that DB uh for momentum wise. I mean, look look, Brian McClendon tried that what once and it, it went work. for a touchdown in the outback hole Uh and in Honest to, honest to goodness Brian McClendon, when you look back on it now considering what's happened I mean probably uh you yeah, know he got some results with the, with the groups that he had uh, especially early on his first year so uh but yeah McClendon did that in the outback bowl boom 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 and all of a sudden Brian Edwards jumps up over the top of their DB and scores and that was a big play in that game but uh well, yeah I was-
1: you know from a risk reward proposition it was like the, the reward of that is so much greater than any risk you would be taking i exactly. mean okay let's the worst case scenario what you turn the ball over again but you do it you know down on their end of the field yeah. <laughs> make them drive the whole length to make up for it
2: as much yet would say you're still controlling the vertical field position
1: yeah exactly exactly well we might have, it's just like a punt you know yeah, but you know, so.
2: you know score seven and boom quantrell says matt campbell should be crawling to wisconsin i like that fit I, yeah, I do too I, nice. mm-hmm. I don't know that he would take that i mean i wisconsin is a job where and this is why this surprises me they got rid of chris it's a job where they they're kind of like oregon in the sense that you know with, with a couple of exceptions like with gary anderson he was an outsider but uh and he left quickly um but you know they've kind of gone to you know, barry alvarez and then brett bielema you know and then. uh Gary Anderson, and then, uh, you know, you had uh, Chris coming back home, you know, and and so they've kind of – it's kind of like Oregon uh, has been, uh, you know, in the sense that, you know, they they kind of promoted from within a lot and kept it in the family. I mean, in Oregon it was Rich Brooks and then Mike Bilotti and then Chip Kelly and then Mark Helfrich uh, before they went with Willie Taggart for a year. Uh, And then Mario Cristobal, and then now they they tagged – they got uh, Dan Lanning, who – is kind of in that same coaching tree that they got. So it's, uh, you know, Wisconsin, you know, they've sort of succeeded in spite of themselves. Um, and uh, I don't know. I don't know what's up with him getting fired. I, I would guess losing to Brett Bielema like that was probably the last straw, right? Must have been. I mean, it's the old, only thing you can figure. <laughs> yeah. Your old coach comes to town and, you know, it's like you just get beat. Illinois also a good start though. Four the Illini are four and one. <laughs> Brad Pelham can win in the Big Ten, man. The SEC. Yeah. <laughs> know much, but he uh he's a he's a winner when it comes to the Big Ten. It's ground and pound and all that good stuff. So, uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, Spencer says, "You know it's true on Sats flow." Yeah, there's just not a lot of, a lot of flow to it. I thought the flow actually though. I guess SC State was a little better. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I didn't really feel like it was just a collection of plays. I thought the idea was to go out, hit the short stuff, uh, run the ball, you know, that kind of thing, and, and dominate. And, and they did. You know, yeah, for the yeah. it wasn't.
1: And I figured it would be a bit more simple a game plan, or you know, similar to Charlotte because of the short week. I mean, all of that. You don't want to get too fancy. And head yeah, I mean, you, you, you know. You don't-
2: they, they threw it down the field more than they did against Charlotte, so I thought yeah. that that was progress, uh, as we all like to say. Uh, I help consulting mailbag. Uh, Tristan uh, asked about everybody's asking about Maisie a bit. At, like I said, I think he's going to Tennessee as of right now. Um, so there's that uh, with that. So um, yeah, so I think uh, should be an interesting week, Phil, uh, with Kentucky once again. Uh, Still hammering out exactly thir- what we're gonna do Thursday and Friday, but I'll be out of town. Uh, I'm heading to the game. It's my one my one game I'm going to this year. I'm on, uh, on the road. I, I try to kind of rotate and you know go K- you know Kentucky one year, Missouri one year. I didn't go to Missouri last year because uh, it was cold. <laughs> no, uh, nah, it was like you know 28 degrees after sundown down there. I was like, I don't think I'm gonna go. You know. Uh, but Kentucky's weather should be nice. Get to get out to Keeneland for the first time, see the horse races and uh, going on a bourbon trail tours and things like that. So that, uh, that should really be fun this weekend. Um, and Spencer agrees on the SC State flow. Yeah, it was, it was, like I said, it was a little bit better. I didn't really have a big, huge problem uh, with the offensive play calling against SC State. But, I mean, that said, I, I normally am not all that fired up about it in most games. Um, But I thought the calls were sort of there, and and uh, and I thought you know Keith, as far as Spencer playing his best game, Rattler, I I would probably tend to agree. You know, everybody's going to look at those two interceptions, but you yeah, know, nah, I, like, I was like, early,
1: if that's all you're looking at, you're you're not paying attention. Yeah, that's yeah. I,
2: I thought he was very efficient. I mean, and, and that was the offense. I would call it efficient uh, the other night, and and I know. And then on defense, I think the issue stemmed probably 100% from them throwing – SE State throwing a curveball in there uh, with their backup quarterback who's uh, fast, really fast. So Kind of like Alabama. Not as fast as Alabama's quarterback yesterday, my gosh, or, or Saturday. I was like, my goodness, how crazy was that? That was impressive. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's just gone. I'm yeah. like, wow, that's a, yeah. that's a really amazing. Um, so, uh, here we go, uh, with all that, but yeah, kickoff 7 30 PM. Eastern at Kroger field, sec network, Shane Beamer talks to the media tomorrow. Um, you know, uh, and so that's the deal, uh, with that got a few more questions or, or, or comments here. Spencer says, listen, play calling can be overrated, but with SAT, it's not subpar. I also think there are offensive line protection scheme issues. By the way, who's coaching the O line now? Lonnie Teasley. He's been coaching for a while. Uh, o line's gotten better. I mean, I'm not saying they never miss an assignment or a block because that's unrealistic, but uh, they're getting better. Uh, I thought, you know, I thought they played pretty well against SC State. I think in some of those run packages, though, Phil, where they like, go with multiple tight ends, mm-hmm. I think that helps out when you, when you got Nate Atkins out there. Uh, because that just gives you like a few extra blockers. Um, yeah,
1: you know, oh, yeah, yeah. But and it's good to see Nate run, you know, or um, or even Stogner even run, you know, across the entire line, take the direction of the play over there and end up being the lead blocker from you yeah. know, the opposing tight end position because you've got, you know, two of your best blockers out there doing it. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I
2: like that. I like that idea. Quantrill says, Does getting to a bowl negate changes to the staff? I, I wouldn't think so. I, I would think that. The expectations internally, I think, were a lot bigger than just getting to a bowl this year, right? Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, I think that, uh, that was, um, and there again, was, it, how does it look? You know, how did you get there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's well, a that,
1: lot of questions that remain.
2: There. How, yeah. how did everything go? Saunders says, last thing I forgot to mention, and I'm imagining this. Or did I see the cameras pick up kitchens on the sidelines on Thursday? I think he was. I think I've seen Freddie on the sidelines a couple of times mm-hmm. on TV. Uh, Spencer says, uh, too many targets to Atkins, though. He has zero wiggle. Can't make a man miss in the phone booth. Um, I, You know, I, I I, I, think they did that to break some tendencies. I think Shane actually said something about that after the show. I mean, after the, the, the game. Mhm. To where you know, when you, you know, in other words, all opposing defensive coordinators, if they see 44 come in and they know it's a run, you know, that kind of tips your head a little bit, but uh, yeah, Atkins is a type you know, he, he's not going to be like Jaheim Bell breaking tackles out there, but you know, if he's open, you know, he can get upfield and get yardage. I saw it at, at uh, saw it uh, with his film from East Tennessee State, man, he can, yeah, he, yeah. he can Did do nothing? that
1: that's one of the passes I think Spencer would want to have back from last, you know, from Thursday is that one where he missed Nate just, he just threw it too high. Yeah. flat. You know, cause cause if, if Atkins had caught that you're,
2: you're looking at a good chunk play. Yeah. A really good chunk play. See that. And that's another reason why, like, you know, in that situation, that's the right play call, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, on that. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I look Spencer, he's not, uh, uh, our Spencer, Nate Atkins is not going to be confused with Jaheim Bell anytime soon, but I, I, I can see the value of a guy like that. You know, the, I mean, you look at how much, you know, Pat DiMarco meant back when he was playing at Carolina. Um, Adam Prentice for one year. I think Adam Prentice is in the NFL, by the way. Uh, but for one year, when he came in from Colorado during the pandemic year, and uh, I thought he was a a big help with uh, Kevin Harris uh, leading the SEC in rushing. Uh, I thought I thought he uh he meant a lot so that's uh that's the thing there. All right, well, we got to get out of here. Right Phil. Yeah, man, well, we we made it through the entire made
1: Monday show. Monday
2: show. Uh appreciate all of you joining us. Always appreciate Keith Olcsp and his Monday hot take. Uh I say hot take. Maybe I should do- that's that's kind of a negative connotation these days. I call it
1: home truths from Keith. Home, like, home if you, truths. Home truths. Like if you don't want to hear some home
2: truths, don't ask Keith. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah, but uh, home truths. That's that's good. Um, Spencer adds. Spencer. Spencer adds one more thing. He said, "I see the value for sure. It's just when you have two NFL tight ends, you don't waste possessions to Atkins. Well, it depends on who's blocking the best. Uh, I think with those types of things and. Uh, like I said, I, I don't think Jaheim Bell is a tight end. Marcus Satterfield said he wasn't a tight end. Everybody says he's not a tight end. Uh, like a true tight end, he can play. He can line up there. He can line up at receiver. He can line up at running back. They don't use him, you know. So yeah. 14 snaps.
1: He's not in the slot running down the scene like he did last year. So.
2: Yeah, exactly. All um, right. Spencer says, great show. We appreciate all you guys. Thanks, uh, Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we will be back tomorrow, and uh, we'll give you the schedule for tomorrow, probably Tuesday-ish, Wednesday-ish uh, for the rest of the week and all that, but certainly always appreciate each and every one of you joining us. This has been Inside the Gamecocks, the show for Phil Mullinax, J.C. Sherbert. Have a great afternoon, everyone.